Okay. Any, any like, any ideas on what Belvin's doing right now? He's uh, organizing a, a strike on the in the United Nations. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had been told that he had to be like the dragon for a child, like a friendly dragon in a never-ending story type adventure, which you know is a good excuse to you know let him off the hook. Yeah, he do- he does that every Ooh. night with your son through the window. <laughs> is is he partnering with uh, Make a Wish Foundation or something? That's yeah, that's, they, that's they a- get a lot of kids. Never-ending stories making a comeback. They get a lot of kids who want that uh, that experience. Since obviously dragons aren't real, but people who are enthusiastic about kids are real. Uh, yeah. They just have people act as the friendly dragon. Doesn't he die in that movie? I'm pretty yeah. sure he does die in that movie, but they keep making more of them, and he's just there every time for some reason. No, but, like, doesn't he die in, uh, like, a, a swamp pit or something? I remember it being horrifying. I don't know. I started with the seventh one. Like, he never drowned. made any sense. Wait, there's seven of those? Uh. Holy shit. I'm pretty sure there's, like, six or seven. What do you think never-ending story means? To our never-ending listeners- story means the same story a hundred times. <laughs> To our listeners who are listening to this uh, in 1984, once we broadcast it back through time after Congress deemed this podcast of, like, irreplaceable national importance, uh, we're sorry to have spoiled the never-ending story for you and that particular plot hook. You're also probably wondering, uh, will there be nuclear war? Well, I got news for you. You're A-OK on that. For a while. Yeah. Don't. (laughs) Yeah. Don't At least tell them, for like 50 years, maybe don't 40. Don't tell them about the 2003 death war <laughs> for giga oil. <laughs> Hyper oil? Hyper giga oil. The neo-petroleum empire. It's a commodity that only can be found within the collapsed Soviet Union. Actually, forget I said that, too. Uh, people yeah. listening, <laughs> we just oil, lost a oiling lot of- the Cold War. <laughs> oil is like to us today what hairspray is to you now. Yeah, it's worthless. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you have we're too all much of we're it. all hyper oil now. Dude, you know I'd be about that hyper oil though. Yeah, the oil it's got like LED lights in it for some reason, and it's purple. It's gross shit, man. You wouldn't want to touch hyper oil. It gets you high when you fuel up your car. It's hardcore to the mega, and that's bad. It- it can replace human connection, like the psychological need for it. So you don't need anyone ever again. You just need the oil. It just directly stimulates your uh, dopamine receptors. You've really got to stop huffing gasoline. <laughs> I know it's huh? cheap. You have lots of it in D.C. <laughs> stop doing it. It's bad for you. <laughs> it's just the oil loves me. Uh, but welcome to 30 Minute Worlds, the podcast where we build a fantasy setting in 30 minutes or less. Uh, Belvin is absent. The absentee Belvin is a trope that we kind of seem to be falling back into uh, as his work heats up yet again. Yeah, we, we but, haven't had a storyline like with an absent Belvin, you know, appearance actually, recently. Yeah, so, so how, how do we, when there's three of us, who's Lorlad again? Well, it uh, was a rotational thing before. Um, uh, now let's, yeah. let's roll a D3. How about that? Because yeah. Melvin was just, four on the D4 anyway. But we'll all be contributing a, a word. Right, right, and one of us... Is th- okay, that makes sense. Listeners, we definitely have this all figured out. Uh, <laughs> so it's not something we do completely ad hoc. One, 
That is Chessman. Chessman, you're the Lord. Uh, again. Yeah. Okay. Oops. All Chessmans. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I think the dice heard uh the dice heard you two episodes ago. Yeah, they were like, we'll give him unlimited. We're stuck power. on ones now. Uh the Lorelad also has the privilege of coming up with their prompt last, so they can pick their prompt in response to other prompts. Uh Dan, do you have a prompt? Uh, my prompt is Odyssey. Odyssey? A great journey. My prompt is oil. It's not car uh, radio? You're sure it's not it's, car radio? It's, it's oil. not car radio. <laughs> this might result. <laughs> we have to be careful about a car setting. I didn't consider this. I was just doing it based on the previous The riff. Odyssey, but with cars? That'd be Stop. pretty good. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> we are creatively bankrupt if we do that so what were they again that was uh odyssey and oil okay uh <laughs> where'd you pull that one out from walt I, well it, i just was going you know i'll just do the riff and then it's going to be another car setting our 12th one you can do Not, boats <laughs> we've only done that like five times I Justin. mean, oil is just naturally going to lean, lean, lean into something, but I don't want to do... But I'm going to do Discovery. Okay. Odyssey and Discovery kind of go together, and oil... I think it'd be cool if the oil... Let's veer away from vehicles and think about what other uses for oil there are. Uh, you, uh, lubricant. You can light street lamps with it. Um, yeah, no, that one. That one's a better first one. Can we do whale? No, we're not doing ships. Um... Discover whales. You can do whales without ships. You can do land whales. Land whales. I thought about a planet whose surface was composed entirely of oil. Sounds. Oh, I thought you were going to say whales. Inhospitable. That was about to be. Inhospitable. Okay. Right. Right. What do you guys think about that? I don't get how. I mean, I would. It's, I don't it's know honestly, how that works. We oil it's not even that forms. fantastic, honestly. It's yeah. it's like uh, there's there's planets that are composed of all kinds of exotic uh, materials, uh, right? Theoretically, the the thing with you're oil, the accredited scientist here. It would be hard to imagine what life would be like that originated on an oil based planet. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Just it's because, a far-flung colony of, let's say, a more familiar race's expansion, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say space dwarves. Okay. Squats. Space dwarves. We, yeah, we could go squats with it. Is squats a thing? Let's not. We're going to have to cut 90 minutes. (laughs) It's a a 40K thing. It's not important. Don't worry Uh, about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's it's space dwarves. Uh, Anyway. It's space dwarves. Okay. So the space dwarves have discovered Oil World, starring Mm -hmm. Kevin Costner, but he's a dwarf. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing. And they have to make routine trips to it. Or, I mean,. The oil itself, obviously, is you can use it for all sorts of machines, make gas from it, etc. Would it, would it be cool if they originally came here, but then, like, say, the empire that they were part of collapsed, and they're more of, like, an abandoned world that's relying on dying technology? Yeah, that's cool. 
And they have all this oil, but ironically, they can't use it to power a lot of their vehicles. So what if they what if they escaped when their like homeworld uh, fell apart and they did almost like a blind jump or just like they set out in a random direction and they found this planet? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Or what if it was like uh, kind of like a Puritan thing where they had a weird belief and they were exiles from society on this like inhospitable planet? Yeah, like they got Mm -hmm. cast out, but now they've made their way here and they found this incredibly valuable like they just on at the end of their odyssey, I guess, found this planet. Right. Well, is is this the end of their odyssey? Are they trying to go back for some reason because like it is a very inhospitable planet in probably a very inhospitable system and they're alone Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to imagine like you have all the oil in the world and what are you trying to do with it well they let's establish who they are And I think the planet is very explorable because let's say there's like some sort of cataclysm where their technology stops working. That would mean it would be impossible to map this planet digitally, right? Well, I mean, just the probably the fact that it's entirely made out of oil would make it pretty hard to map because like most of it would be under the oil surface. There would be islets and it would have a it would have a mantle and a crust, you know, but. Yeah, it's like a landscape of like obsidian, like frozen, like not oh, frozen, fuck, dude. but like uh Yeah, yeah, and there's go on, go on. Yeah, like a jagged landscape of like broken like crust, uh oil crust. Oh, like yeah, it's still dude. liquid beneath it where it's warmer, but on the there outside are, there are like tar islands that slowly drift together and break apart because the surface of the planet is moving slowly. It's like a goo. Yeah. So if it's if it's like solid at the surface, that must mean it's very cold. The star not, maybe is distant, or the atmosphere is just thinner, so it's not as or well. Yeah, I like it's not right I like now. it being cold actually because this differentiates it from volcano world too. Yeah. Well, you could still have a volcano, and you could still have incredible a terrifying heat. volcano. Right. You could still have incredible heat from the planet's core that causes more oil to bubble up. Yeah. Maybe the equator is more, like, viscous, like what you're envisioning. But, like, as you get further away, it gets more frozen. And that means there's a belt of sort of constantly changing land on near the equator, let's say. Yeah. The really scary thing about if you did have magma or you were exposed to this, like, the liquid oil, not not the crust or anything, is, like, magma and lava is... It's a it's kind of behaves like a fluid, but it's really very solid. Like if you if you were to like jump onto lava and then jump off, you you might just burn the bottom of your shoes. But oil, you if it's hot enough to be liquid, you will sink into it. Right, right. Uh, which makes navigation and travel very dangerous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Luckily, it's very dense, so you could make. pretty easily make vehicles that could go over the liquid surface speed so the colonies let's say that they arrived as part of like a unified religious group which if we take odyssey into this this makes sense because if we want to go kind of cliche with it dwarves traditionally are sort of stoic traditionalists and don't value exploration as much 
right? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so these people who wanted to explore space and who want who had a credo or code regarding that and identifying it as good, they would be kind of outcasts. Yeah, because they want to leave home. They like they want to split up like families right. and stuff. They don't they... want to. They don't want to defend in this like war or something that's going on. They don't want to like man the front lines. You know, they want to actually explore yeah. new parts of space. They don't care about the war, really. And that's you can't have that. <laughs> you people need to go. <laughs> right. If they don't want to man uh, the dwarven star fortresses, then they have to leave. Essentially, and so there was a purge from this like. A collection of states or this empire or whatever, this greater state. And then probably as a result of this war, which would be kind of a distant phenomenon, technology would collapse. It's sort of uh, ironic that like these people wanted to explore the galaxy. And so they were cast out to explore the galaxy. Yeah, so do, do you expect it to be like, I guess this is a question of intent. Were they intentionally exiled or did they flee in order leave, to achieve their goals? That actually that actually should be up to Chessman. You are the lore lad after all. Um, I mean, it's a much more like political sort of story that they were just like essentially given a choice, either kowtow or, it, you know go explore and mm-hmm. never come back. Um, which I mean, like maybe they were put, maybe they were put to it. Maybe like they were rounded up and put to this. A lot of uh, people are rounded up, like ended up changing their support uh, just to be able to stay at, stay home. And then everyone else, like the leaders and everything were either killed or jettisoned into space. On well, not jettisoned yeah. into space. You're you're yeah. on you're on a spacecraft. But but yeah, right. Yeah, right. it could be like um like we don't want you to convert more people to your ideology, so we're gonna kill who we can. And if you escape, then you know we don't we don't want to have to fight a war against right. ourselves right now. Because the they're already time. fighting in a war against an unknown enemy, let's say, or one whose technology eclipsed theirs. And was able to kind of singularity them somehow. Yeah, I don't think the specifics of it matter too much. Right, just because the the people on the oil planet wouldn't care really either what happened. So so, but what they're getting, what they get now, is is after they've been on this oil planet for a while, they start to get like refugees essentially. Uh, yeah, from yeah. from the war. Yeah, and it's like that, heard about this. Yeah, the like social tension of like, well, you kicked us out. Like, do we take you in, or like, are you going to accept this is the way things are now? Well, that Let's, would only really come up for like officials, we right? Keep, because the average person, if we want to keep like is, technology yeah. kind of lower scale, let's say something about the planet. Maybe it's like ion fields. Maybe it's a way heavier gravity. Uh prevents spacecraft as they're currently like designed from being able to leave essentially oh no you don't need any of that it's oil it's an oil fucking planet that's true actually yeah it's just if you ignite engines in this atmosphere you are gambling with everyone's lives that's true that's true like you what you need for combustion if these are combustion engines let's say or even if they're ion engines it would still 
it would be a spark. If you have, um, it's least an oil planet. It probably isn't that much if they're like uh, oxygen breathing. They would have a big uh, gas people. mask culture. Essentially. And there wouldn't be oxygen on the planet, so it act- that much oxygen, so it actually wouldn't ignite the whole planet if you had a spark. But in an area with a lot of uh, dwarves, it could there could be enough ambient oxygen just leaking out over time to like, and especially if they were trying to terraform it, it would oh. slowly like oxygen would be way richer than it needs to be to cause like a fire to start. Let's talk it, about it would be an explosion. Let's talk about the culture here of this planet and how people live. Obviously, the majority of it is unexplored. They've been on it. Let's call the planet like Varn or something. I don't know. Something sci-fi like that. Something dwarfy and sci-fi. Okay. Right. McVarn. McVarn. What parts of it are set? Because the poles are relatively solid. We'd established, right? I would assume the the north and south poles. Uh, So it's stable there and you can live there, but it's cold. Yeah, absurdly cold, actually. Right, right. And then the belt, due to rifts in the earth, kind of around the center, is a mass of constantly floating islands in a sort of shimmering tar ocean. Yeah, like like an asteroid field that's around the equator almost. Like how would you how would you build in such a Oh, plastics. They would have a lot of plastics. Yeah. I would assume it's mostly like fabrication. Um that maybe they don't even really understand too well how it works, but they do have these fabricators still on their ships. Right. Which can't really right. go anywhere. And if they're powered by uh I mean if you need oil to produce plastics, well that's like the only thing you have in abundance on this planet. Petroleum-based housing. <laughs> what you need, though, is you at least need uh, oxygen. It yeah, would have oxygen probably... in minimal amounts, but enough to collect. Not enough to breathe, but enough that a machine could collect it. I think that's essential. But let's not oh. delve too deep into no, how no, the science know, of this works. Well, just one second, because... It, it actually is. If it, I didn't, I didn't know you guys were actually talking about literal oil, like dead dinosaurs. Um, I don't know how there's a whole dead dinosaur planet, but that's that's very spooky. But um, like organic uh, chemicals are composed of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. So if you have carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, you can basically do whatever the hell you want. So all they'd have to do is have some way to break down these these chemicals, and they could make anything. I think so, that a okay. lot of their tech, though, is either too dangerous to use on the planet itself without igniting catastrophic explosions, right? What if... All right, so what if they have a fabricator system, right? But there are, like, recipes in it, but most of it is gated by, like, manufacturer protections. Oh, shit, that's really cool. And nobody knows the codes anymore. Like, Oh, it, that's a really cool idea. So, like, and there's a tension, too, there, because there's, like, there are, if refugees did happen to come in, and they might know something useful, or, like, and maybe there's dwarves, like, their whole fucking job is they just data crunch to try and break these codes manually. Oh, shit. fucking you, borderline impossible. You know what? Uh, fuck, there's an ancient myth that, a, because there were, like, three ships that originally came to the planet, but one of them went down over the pole. 
essentially. Uh, it just, its engine gave out due to the pressure from the planet's atmosphere. And there was a myth that it scattered all these fab keys all over. And so they go on expeditions to find these lost data keys in hopes of unlocking more uses for the fabricators that power like the, let's say, two fab cities that might exist here, or fabrication cities. Yeah, no, I like the three ship. What if two, like, it didn't crash in one piece, like it broke up right. in the atmosphere? So people have brought back things like, this is a fab key, like we know what it is. Uh, I like also the, the places where the two ships land becoming two rival city-states. Well, they're competing for fat for like, if someone else gets a, a key and they don't have that, they, they, they want to interact because they don't each have the uh, ability to fabricate everything that they, that they want. Right. There'd be but, incentive for trade, but they still, they really want to kill them all and just have all the fab keys in one place. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they need each other to survive, but they would like to be, in charge if and they can. so there's all this intrigue because let's say like one state makes the filters for the gas masks that keep people alive, right? And the other state makes parts for the fabricator that the other fabricator doesn't have the keys to make. Uh, so it's like a whole <laughs> crazy oh, situation where they do have distinct cultures from one another, but they need each other to survive, but they do have a rivalry and they use, instead of like open war, which would be disastrous, because imagine if like a fabricator were damaged in war, it could mean the wipeout of the species. Oh, and imagine if you use like there was too much, too much oxygen in an area because everyone's fighting there and then something ignites it all. Oh, God. Yeah. Their, yeah. They, their entire weaponry would have to be non-combustion uh, based. Yeah. You yeah. can't Because it's too unpredictable. Like yeah. Yeah. What if you um, probably have to use like 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 uh you wouldn't you probably wouldn't even want to use guns because oh you definitely wouldn't want to use guns on the oil plant well, <laughs> any kind of gun like in like mass projection device or like energy projection device at all you would probably want to use like non-sparking metals or non or just plastic swords 3D printed <laughs> weapons dude um, plastic steel yeah yeah I like the idea like they roll around like on the planet's surface on like almost like airboats, like oh, limited yeah, propulsion craft. Um, it's like these flotillas that will like, like armored that, plastic float with like plasticine armor, but like real inflatable kind of craft that they use. Yeah. And there's certain areas you can't go because the temperatures are so high they would destroy your boat, essentially. Ugh, yeah. You you touched on earlier, Walt. Just to add another, like, a little bit of, like, uncertainty maybe into this setting about the planet having a stronger gravity. Like, uh, w what if there is, like, a gravity well here and it just kind of sucks in trash, like, detritus from space? Uh -huh. Like a ton. But, like, you might get the odd satellite or, like, just random hunks of metal and crap. I just think we, get, could, so we could easily do that if we made the planet just gargantuan. Uh, and then we well, don't even need to have a gravity well. It could just be a Jupiter-size, insane oil planet. I mean, you, I, dwarves, if it was Jupiter-size, the idea that dwarves are moving around in 20G environments is crazy. Oh, right, because that would be low gravity, wouldn't it? No, that would be super, it would be so high gravity that you, they would turn into puddles on the ground. Okay, okay. Well, let's... It's, 
We'll rein it, it in, obviously. I think the gravity well then would make more sense if there was an anomaly nearby in the star system that brought detritus to Earth, including weaponry previously thought lost. They could be, you could do anything. You could have it around the moon of, you could be, it could be a moon of a gas giant. So the gas giant pulls all of the, um, uh, extra, extra planetary objects toward Mm -hmm. it. And then they crash onto the planet. Um, if it's all, so if it's all built of oil, it's all made of oil. It, oil is not something that is created by a star. So no, it it might be neat if the planet was a mass killing field at some point. Yeah, like a dumping ground for the dead, or like for like super yeah. massive like spacefaring beasts. Yeah, yeah, like a like, tomb for a star whale society. Yeah, like an elephant graveyard, oh, like but for yeah. star whales. It's it's just like a either like a an entire civilization's dumping ground, or it's like gigantic creature ate a bunch of worlds and then took a gigantic shit (laughs) (laughs) i know which one belvin would choose but he's not here so i'm going with the dumping ground i think (sighs) okay so the dump the the dump ground that makes more sense than it's a poop planet well does it though Plus, Think we don't have it. to. We don't have to see of time this shit and explain why there's a sea of oil on this planet. We can just say that there is, and kind of work out their culture from there. Oh yeah, so I, you were talking about the, uh, so we were talking about the division earlier of like these people being outcasts, mm-hmm. and also wondering if like maybe they wanted to re- to like return home. Maybe there's like. And we've got these two cities. Maybe one city um, wants to return home, and the other one would rather actually stay here because it's very lucrative and like recreate society on by terraforming one of the local planets. I like that. So, what are these two city states called? Coming up with names while Yours? recording. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> and um, kill, uh, kill city. City, yeah. <laughs> Karis and Kill City 1. <laughs> yeah, Kill City 1. It's Kill City Cities one. 1 and 2. <laughs> Here's um, the twist. Kill City, they're the good guys. So they Those, have these, like, the they have these, like, prefab walls that they can make in the fabricators very easily. Uh, I think refugee ships, because they're dwarves and fabrication is such an important part of their society, I think even, like, small ships would have fabricators, but they would only be able to fabricate basic things like say like um you know like respirators and things like that and if you needed if you needed something sophisticated crafted you have to travel to the city yeah like you need only the colony ships had right the the big fabs on them which are constantly running at all times essentially they give there's like a roar in the city because they're producing so much close the windows I think it's cool. The streets could just be like plastic paneling that you kind of laid down. Yeah. I and mean, it would sink plastic, and slurp with every like step you took. Mm, I would hope that they would have set it up on a slightly more stable area. I mean, it's kind of where the ships oh. landed, right? So one of the cities could be really swampy and stuck in a muck and there's danger of there's a lot of city politics around the city sinking. And so they're reticent to accept refugees. 
And another oh, city yeah. could be on really stable ground, but it's frigid out. Yeah. So the 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 soupy city, like they have the, they have an old area that's like slowly giving way because all the uh, activity on there is actually like upsetting the the ground and making it warmer, which they thought was the, which was the most stable area, like mm. around the ship that they set it down on the most stable area they could find. So they've had to start like building like platforms right on, right. on the soup and you can't move your ship because no one knows what would happen if you just roared your ship's engine but probably nothing good uh would come of it oh god no how do people no, they eat? glide it in how do they eat oh god is that, there any life on this planet i think there might be some some something probably feeds off all this oil maybe there are star whales that come to still dump bodies there huh and if they get low enough in atmosphere, you can send out uh, hunting parties in boats to harpoon them. On on your like little fan boat, like <laughs> getting ready to take down a star whale. Well, uh, yeah, because they have to. Well, first of all, they're dumping a body on the planet, which is free food, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But second, you can also shoot one of those bastards out of the sky, too. That's bringing it. It's a dangerous line of work. It is, but that can't be the oh. only source of food. It's some, you know. You could probably eat the oil. If you could probably do something with it to make you it could, edible. You could go snow piercer and just have them eat vaguely gelatinous blocks of shit. Yeah, I was gonna say like hydroponics, but it doesn't really Yeah, like, I, I would say like soil would be like the most valuable commodity on this whole planet. Yeah. You know, like actually arable soil would be something that maybe rich refugees have, and maybe like some small refugee towns can sustain themselves by agriculture because they knew what they were getting into ahead of time. But the fab cities definitely can't. Yeah, because the the fab cities lacking their own food production provides an incentive for outward settlements. Um, Yeah, and if you think like, if these like whales are coming to drop off their like, uh, their waste essentially. It, not all of it's dead. Like you can still eat some of it, but then some of it is actually probably still alive. There's probably like little exotic organisms that are in there that are extremely hardy. Yeah, like oh, parasites yeah. and shit. And if enough of them got dumped here, then they'd start like oh shit, they would select for things that yeah. could actually live in the oil, and you could probably. They would get bigger and bigger. There's probably so like, that's how an ecosystem oil. formed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oil fish, oil are crabs, ex- <laughs> extremely like they're they're rare because it's very difficult to live on well, on on the planet. It's difficult to even spot them. I mean, they've camouflaged to the point, but you can catch oil crabs. Yeah, you they're really like can't the go s- beneath the surface because you can't see shit. It's all oil. Right, right. How do you keep yourself warm? The planet's frigid, right? How do you keep yourself warm without using fire? Hmm. Space heaters. Uh. <laughs> space heaters don't use fire? I'm not familiar. No, we're not in space anymore. We're on the planet. You can't use space heaters. <laughs> uh, friction. Could, that, uh, could a space heater-like device actually... I mean, I assume there could be electricity I mean, here, right? Yeah, it's electrical powered by the fabricator heat. itself. I mean, powered by oil. 
Mm-hmm. Like you can have an engine running or a motor. Yeah. Either. Which could you? Yeah. Well, not if it's a combustion engine, right? Well, a combustion engine would blow everything might up. be fine. The actual well, combustion engines are controlled explosions. What about the, like solar you just have to control power. the like, oxygen around it? Doesn't then uh, you're fine. Do oil vapors rise or sink? Well, it depends on what they're in. Because there could be certain areas of the atmosphere where it's safer to operate combustion-based equipment. Well, it's the thing is, it's not the oil vapors that's the problem because the whole, like the whole atmosphere is oil vapors essentially. Because this is like an, a primarily oil-based planet, right? With trace amounts of other elements, yeah. The yeah. problem is where what oxygen does is in, in an oil environment, and what I think it does actually. It has to float because oxygen is a much smaller molecule than, so the oxygen will oxygen will just go up in, into the and it'll, it'll it'll go away from you unless you have it contained inside like buildings or it's just recently come out of like bodies. Mm. So, okay. Honestly, as long as you are not uh, running it, as long as you're not running an engine or a generator in an enclosed space, you're fine. Okay, the problem is, okay. though, you have to run it in an enclosed space. Could you do, like, like a space elevator? Like, that it, it's, these stations are in atmosphere, and they're, like, sending energy or heat down through contained uh, means? Like That might be kind of cool. Like, if there are, no, let's say there are artificial intelligence-operated space stations... That still operating on like protocol, uh, deliver packets of energy essentially to the surface that they collect from like solar and other means. You could solar power a lot of shit here, actually. Oh uh, yeah, they could have um, they could have like solar satellites that could act as weapons. Right, right. That are closer that are to the T-beams. sun and can transmit shit back. Because the, the so, problem with a um, a space elevator would be that that would require them to have built it on the planet. And as soon as they can build a space elevator, that means they can leave. So I think that's their goal. Right. Is building a space elevator. Because that's the only way to get outside, out of the atmosphere without combustion for them. It's definitely started out. Yeah. They definitely started out wanting to explore other planets besides this one. But now there's like a remain kind of faction in society and there's a leave faction in society oh you man know? like they set out to explore in exile and they got trapped on another planet <laughs> sucks to be a space dwarf dude if only they were taller they could get on that space elevator get back up you gotta you gotta get the squats in the damn shame it is a goddamn shame every man. day i think that like let's talk about kind of what life is like either in a fab city or kind of let's describe like some factions of society but let's drill a little deeper here and figure out like what it's actually like for them i don't know how much time we got we got some time okay okay just a couple minutes um all right so i think probably for the fab the fab cities right the fabricators are running constantly but you can't do everything like some things there has to be manufacturing Mm mm-hmm and I right. would say that there's probably a lot of the Fab City is devoted to heavy manufacturing of some kind. 
Yeah, or turning plastic. Uh, the fabricator can print out plastic materials, essentially, that humans can then assemble. Dwarfs, but dwarf, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Forgive me. Dwarf Allah. But if you even want to, like, get something crafted at the fabricator, you have to bring a shit ton of oil and also, like, whatever currency they have. And there will be powerful guilds that are knowledgeable in the operation of the ancient machine and can make it for you. So there's probably a, a group of, like, a there's a, probably a profession that's out there, like, slush, like, uh, slushing, trying to find a good word for it. Oh, like. That's just, like, getting the really low quality oil that's just, like, like, hanging around and they're bringing that in and they're, like, doing some manual process to refine it. Mm. Because, Here. like. You're, they don't you have, have like a, a backyard moon moonshine distillery, but for oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm picturing like you have like a truck, basically like a fan truck that you're just scooping up like a load of oil to haul back and refine so you can oh, sell so it cool. down at the firm. And the that's dangerous place. because they could be pumping hydrogen and oxygen out of it. Like it, it's probably if a risk, but they need the, the refined oil and someone's got to do it. And like a uh, craftsmanship with fab plates we'll call it like dwarf craftsmanship using fab plates like manual shit is we'll say like less high quality than something that's entirely fabricated but much less expensive i mean listen and so all rich dwarf people, craftsmanship is of the highest quality let's get that straight <laughs> right now it menaces with spikes of orange plastic <laughs> they're just doing the best of what they got oh man i also like this dynamic too because instead of dwarves wanting to go deep within the earth these dwarves want to reach the skies and escape yeah yeah well they want to get to they want to reach the skies and escape and get to like a traditional soil yeah they thought it would be more like rock pre-columbian america and not like pluto that's on fire (laughs) there would be like just oceans of things that are on fire based off random uh happenstances that have to get put out Essentially by, like, windstorms. And if there's a solar flare, you're, uh, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, you, you they, they have, have, like, a whole protocol for a solar flare that's never happened, but... Ugh. But, dude, I think this is actually a very beautiful world that we've created. Yeah, I like this one. This is fun. This is a nice one. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to us on the podcasting service of your choice. Except for, well, except for a lot of them, actually. So don't don't hold us to that. Uh, new episodes come out every Saturday. Go ahead and write us a five-star review on our t- iTunes. That really helps us out, even if you are lying about how good or bad we actually are. Uh, our art is courtesy of the amazing Sheltor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet at us, too, at LoreLads, or send us hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy world building. <laughs> <laughs>